Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Today in Science from Wired. Humanity is doing its best impression of a black hole. Daniel Holes studies the universe's ultimate catastrophes, and he knows a thing or two about existential threats on Earth since he helps set the doomsday clock. By Matt Simon. In the universe, there is no greater catastrophe than a black hole whose gravity is so intense that not even light can escape. Sure, a supernova is unbelievably violent, but the destruction wrought by a black hole is complete. These monsters wander around space like Pac-Man, gobbling up stars, planets, and asteroids, ripping them apart. No human-made disaster, climate change, hunger, nuclear war can rival such total destruction. But you'd be forgiven for thinking that we're trying our damnedest. I contemplate stuff at the very edge of the universe, things that are happening shortly after the Big Bang, says Daniel Holes, a physicist at the University of Chicago. We build these phenomenal instruments, these space telescopes, which peer back to the very beginning. It's incredible, and yet we're on the verge of totally wrecking our only home. Holes is a member of the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, a nonprofit born of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki atomic bombings during World War II. Its goal is to assess existential threats to our species, be they nuclear weapons or climate change, and to that end, it sets the time on the doomsday clock which turned 75 this year. The clock is a visual representation of how far the bulletin scientists reckon humanity is from oblivion. The closer to midnight, the closer to planetary destruction. The clock now sits 100 seconds to midnight, up from two minutes in 2018. Tick tock, tick tock. There's a peculiar beauty, though, in peering into the cosmos and contemplating our own insignificance. So Wired sat down with Holes to talk about cosmic versus earthly catastrophes, how to cope with doom, and why this is a uniquely perilous time in human history, but also why all is not lost. The conversation has been condensed and edited for clarity. Wired starts off asking, for those who aren't familiar, what's the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists and what's the Doomsday Clock? Daniel Holes replies, it was founded in 1947. They realized even then there will be an arms race, there will be H-bombs, there will be thousands of them. The entire planet will be under threat. There will be no way to win these wars, there will be no way to defend against these weapons. We need to have a new way of thinking. The scientists understood the technology, understood the threat, and felt like something had to be done. The Doomsday Clock is our way of symbolizing how we are doing globally. 
How are we responding to the existing threats as we understand them? I would claim the biggest threat is obviously nuclear, and also its climate, and you could argue disinformation. Bulletin members are people who are not hysterical. These are mostly scientists. These are calm, rational, sober-minded people. None of us are in this because we're excited to move the clock towards midnight. The whole goal is to move away. Our fondest dream, the reason all of us are doing this, is to get to a point where we're so far from midnight that no one cares. If I could spend all my time on black holes and not worry about the future of civilization, that would be way better, without a doubt. Wired says, One of my ways of coping with the chaos around us is to think, well, in the grand sweep of the universe, we're insignificant. But you can't just put your head in the sand and expect the chaos to go away. You need to care about what's going on. Hole says, we are beyond insignificant. The planet's insignificant. The solar system, the galaxy, just a tiny little speck in the bigger universe. We blow ourselves up, our planet, we make it completely unlivable and civilization collapses. It's just a blip. It's a tiny little part in this kind of boring part of the universe. And the universe has been around for 14 billion years. Civilization is what, 10,000 years? There are times when it really calms me down, actually. It's reassuring to just think, it's okay, it's fine, the universe is going to go on. There's almost certainly life on other planets. As we learn more and more about the universe, we learn more and more how we're just not special. There is no guarantee that we will still be around in 50 years or 100 years or whatever. The only determinant is ourselves and the universe couldn't care less. It's on us. Wired says, but our planet is special, at least in our solar system, in our tiny corner of the universe, because it supports life. We've been gifted this incredible planet, which we're trashing. That makes it all the more frustrating to hear about people wanting to move humans to Mars. Hulse says, A lot of things have gone right for us to be here at this moment, and Mars just shows a deep misunderstanding of how all of this stuff works and the countless things that make Earth perfect for human life. It's also just completely unrealistic. It's science fiction. The timescales that we're talking about, it's not going to save us. You're probably familiar with the Fermi Paradox. When contemplating why a galaxy that could theoretically support many life forms has never showed signs of any others, physicist Enrico Fermi famously asked, where is everybody? The easiest answer to where all the alien civilizations are is that they blew themselves up. If you look at the last 50 years, there's lots of times where we've come very close to blowing ourselves up, and it's only 50 years. How many more opportunities are we going to have to blow ourselves up in the coming 50 years? Just look at the last months. Look at the rhetoric. What's the chance that we're going to make it through the next 20 years? You have all the nuclear weapons, all the conflicts, but now you have environmental disaster, you have food insecurity, you have wars over water, you have flooding, mass migration, people being displaced, refugee crises, all of this on a scale that dwarfs anything the world has experienced so far. Or it could just be that the universe is too big and it's too hard to get complex life and that the odds are low enough that it just hasn't happened in our galaxy. I find that harder to believe, but who knows? Reasonable people can disagree. Wired says, One thing that all human civilizations have in common is that they end. For 10,000 years or so, that's been the common factor. Hull says, You can make an argument that civilizations tend not to last very long once they get to a certain level of tech. When they get to the point where they would be able to send probes out across the galaxy or communicate at the speed of light, they don't last long in that stage. 
You've made a lot of technological advances, and with something like nuclear weapons or climate change, you start to be able to impact a planet as a whole. And once you get there, bad things start to happen. With nuclear weapons, we could literally wipe ourselves out. And with the climate, anywhere close to the worst-case scenarios, if we keep going the way we're going, civilization will collapse. Large parts of the Earth will be unlivable. There are people around now who are going to experience a very different Earth, if they're still alive, which in the nuclear case, they probably won't be. Wired says the entropy of the universe means that it gets increasingly disordered over long spans of time. But for civilization on Earth, this is not so much entropy as it is just collapse. Hull says, it's not a slow process. Entropy does its thing, it wins in the end, but the timescales that are relevant for these processes, the physical timescales are very long, and what we're talking about here is very short. For nuclear at this moment, if someone, Biden or Putin, just decides they've had enough, one person, one person decides that's it. They can push a button. The way everything is structured, there is no way to countermand that, and it's done. In 30 minutes, we're all done. One person. What kind of civilization sets that up so one person can wipe out everyone and take the entire planet down? Everything. All living things. Everything. That's a little different from just entropy and historical progression. I'm not trying to be depressing. It's a beautiful day here in Chicago. It's just very easy to get despondent. And then you go and you work on black holes, and it's uplifting in a very strange way. They're beautiful, as is the fact that we as a species can sit here and contemplate the age of the universe. Wired says, there seems to be a kind of creeping nihilism because there's so much that's out of our control as individuals. I've tried to spin my own version as a constructive nihilism. I am very down about planetary happenings. But in thinking about the larger universe, there is, I think, a certain beauty in realizing our insignificance. I think the trouble there is the temptation to give up. You get complacent. Holes says, I know exactly what you're talking about because I definitely do the same thing. It's so easy to get despondent. I do have this solace that it just doesn't matter. It's almost like I don't need to take it so personally. The universe is going to be fine. But the planet really needs people to be engaged. That's clear. And it's not going to happen from enlightened politicians unless everyone starts pushing for it. We do need enlightened politicians. We need enlightened corporate leaders. But we also need enlightened citizenry that just says, enough is enough. We can see what's happening to the planet now. It's what the scientists said would happen, and they're telling us it's just going to get worse. This is not okay. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com science. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.